0: Corbs, 45 episodes in. Um, <laughs> and uh, you're not sick of me yet, so that's good. Well, I mean, you haven't come to record an episode at this school. <laughs> it's cool just
1: so much easier when face I... Face-to-face. My... Yeah, that's yeah. cool,
0: man. Whatever. Here we go. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I, shall, I take that a little bit personally, but the rest is okay. You know, one of the greatest players I had the opportunity to play with, and, and um, regardless of the injuries or not, one of the best players to go down in the history of BC and in Canada, as far as I'm concerned... Easily. Um, a pretty interesting episode guy that we've been working on hard to get in and and try to uh you know share his story um and i know he was glad to do so uh you know some tough things to hear so obviously he had some tough ups and downs in his career um but also you know some positive perspective and pretty dope to see him back involved in the game and coaching so it was really fun to have jordy mctavish on and um i don't know how much you knew about him beforehand or if you'd heard anything about him or what your takeaways and thoughts were on the episode too all i know is that
1: you know we were trying to uh him to talk about himself but he just you know giving him a lot of compliments and he just he didn't like the, he didn't like that not because maybe he didn't but he just this shows how humble he is and that you know uh he never thought of himself as maybe one of the best point guards to ever come out of not just bc but canada right so
0: and we probably should have just stopped the show like three minutes in because uh, you know <laughs> everyone will find out but it's fr- <laughs> yeah yeah if I leave it if I, leave, can't it in, judge, if can't I judge, leave it in. Can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Chill. Episode 45. Let's go. <laughs> oh, baby. Coming back like Jordan wearing the 4-5. Episode 45 of A Hoops Journey. A triple-triple. Well, he tried to call me the OG, but he's an OG in my eyes as well a great guy, uh, super, um, really glad that he just sat down with us and was willing to chat with us. Um, A guy that I played a ton of basketball with back in the day. We had lots of fun as well, lots of good memories. Um, Great to see his face and connect with him the last few weeks and get him on the show. Uh, Did a little bit of research, one of maybe 10, we think, 10-ish players that uh, were the AAA MVP at the provincial level in British Columbia, um, when their team was not able to win the championship a great dude oh, unbelievable hooper oh. hey dude that's like uh that's like legendary we're talking 75 years let's get into it we got my man 50 grand Jordy McTavish how are you brother I'm doing really well Mitch nice to
2: hear from you and uh nice chat with you the last couple of weeks for sure
0: yeah it's been cool yeah. man I, you know we, we we kind of went back in time a little bit and We had you at our chancellor tournament like years ago and then you had a little bit of a gap and you're back into teaching and doing your thing and up in Revelstoke so how's life for you how how are things going what's COVID been like and you know it's kind of the first question we talk with all our guests because we we started this in April and and we're in the thick of things so how have you been and have you been able to just sort of keep a positive mindset i know you're an outdoors guy and and love life so check in man how's things?
2: yeah things are going pretty well mitch uh one but i one thing i do want to say is i do think you are one of the ogs in bc basketball so i just <laughs> want to like throw that out there for sure i don't know we could talk about some games we were playing against some washington teams when i was like 14 and you were 15 or 15 16 one of the two and uh oh my man you were getting you were, you were the one of the only guys on the team that could actually play against some of these guys from down in uh, seattle but um Mm-hmm. and yeah yeah i did want to talk about that uh that was so where do uh, i send that you
0: transfer media. to the money where do i transfer oh, that yeah, i yeah. remember
2: you you were like the only guy on our team that actually dunked the ball playing against uh downtown freddie brown son, son and then slick watts son uh, yeah. these guys waxed us by about 40 or 50 but uh i remember you were one of the guys could actually play against these guys um i was shell-shocked and scared but uh yeah anyway the shout out to you, Mitch. Uh, thanks for giving me a ring.
0: Of course, man. Yeah, so
2: co- COVID's going oh okay up here in Revelstoke. We are a ski town, so we're a resort town, and there are people from all over North America, all over Canada, especially that are not really abiding by the uh, travel restrictions, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of locals that are quite frustrated with uh, people coming from you know all over the place and. Uh, To come ski here and to come just be in this nice little mountain town and um, we're doing pretty well um, as far as the school district goes from what I understand Um, we are staying clear of it for the most part Um, it's quite stringent around school and we're doing our best in the uh, physical education setting as well as in the the gym with basketball Um, I think we're doing pretty well in the
0: big scheme of things yeah I know you've, you know, you've been getting back how's that? You know, I'm just keen as an instructor and you, you've got a passion for some outdoor ed and some opportunity and how you doing with all that?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, I uh, kind of got lucky, uh, just with the right time and right place with, um, what's happening right now. I'm coaching, uh, sorry. Yeah. I'm coaching some, boys basketball grade eight boys basketball and then i'm teaching with the outdoor ed uh grade nine class and we're having we're having fun with it it's just getting kind of getting going we're headed out tomorrow to build some fires and then we're building some snow shelters uh next week
0: right oh man that's unreal i just (laughs) and i think like as an educator and i don't know what you're you know what you thought of high school but when I look back on it I'm just like man I I wish I knew more about taxes I wish I knew more about saving money how to change a tire use a wrench you know like some practical things how to light a fire in the middle of the the winter season things like that right and uh, it's cool that those kids get that opportunity and that you're passionate about it and I know you'll uh, you'll do a great job with that I know it's been kind of stressful transitioning with uh, the new role but um, I know you'll do you'll you'll kill it so good stuff man Let's, uh, let's get right into it. Thanks for being with us and tell us about young Jordy McTavish. Um, what was his young life like and why did basketball or how did basketball start to kind of just be part of who you were? Like how did basketball sort of take over um, for you when you were young? Did you play a bunch of different sports or all those things? Always interesting to hear um, what our guests have to say about that.
2: Yeah, well, I think I played all sports. I was encouraged uh, as a young kid to play as much, uh, as many sports as possible. I was, you know, I was the kind of guy who played uh, all of the sports for a long time. I think. I think by the time I got to grade eight, uh, my my uh, my dad was just kind of saying, yeah, "Yeah, maybe we'll just drop one sport a year." So I mean, I was playing a baseball and Arm, a bunch of good buddies of mine. Uh, we won we won a provincial championship uh, with, in baseball uh, at a you know I think we were probably twelve years old or something, but it was a lower lower tier baseball. But it was for us it was a pretty big deal. I Played a lot of baseball. I was a big time cross country runner. That was always uh something that um i think a lot of people especially in high school or a lot of kids in high school athletics don't really necessarily uh understand the crossover with their with their fitness and um and how well that translates to um their their
0: chosen sport that um, makes sense man you are always mm-hmm. a super fit guy like kid like there's never worry about you gassing out man that's interesting because yeah. yeah, you always were mm-hmm. one of the more fit dudes.
2: Yeah, that came kind of from uh, organically out of just my upbringing um, with my dad and his philosophy on on basketball and, and staying in shape and, and being, being you know, essentially being, if you're in better shape than the rest of the athletes, then you might give yourself a better hand up uh, in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so at a young age, I was, doing a, I was playing most sports, played soccer at the metro level in Vancouver before we moved up to Salmon Arm. And,
0: um, yeah, what else? I mean, let's talk about Salmon Arm, like going from an area like Vancouver where, you know, there's facilities, there's teams, there's clubs for any sport. And not to say that like Salmon Arm is a big community, but what was that transition like for you? Um, And how long did it take you to sort of figure out? what you're going to do and how you're going to go from there or did you kind of just were you just like an extrovert and jumped into everything
2: uh not necessarily no definitely wasn't an extrovert uh, but uh yeah i know we left vancouver after my mom passed away when i was about 10 years old and we uh, my dad took my sister and i up to salmon arm um i think it was a lot easier for him to raise two young children in salmon arm at the time as opposed to vancouver um, so that was a, that was a big change in my life, um, but you know when I was in when I was in Vancouver, it was uh, it was you know I was a ball boy at UBC. Um, I was watching Kevin Hansen run the point and Perry Scarlett run the point as a young kid. I was yes. watching Dale Jackson play, uh, sorry uh, J D Jackson, play hoop and um, Al Alon, Mike Clark, all those guys. I was ball boying for all those guys when I was a young kid. Whoa. Um, can so that was just, a big. That was a big na- influence on me. The name just, drops. Uh, well, I mean, it really yeah. was. I mean, uh, I was just right in there. My head was right in there behind watching Bruce Sands coach uh, with Kevin Hanson. I remember him running the point with uh, Perry Scarlet was a big. Uh, you know, I remember Perry Scarlet as a point guard as well. Um, you know, and J D Jackson was always uh, was always just a you know quite the iconic figure for me, um, watching yeah. him grow up and watching him play the way he played again, you know, got to see a lot of the battles against you, Vic, um, with Kenji awesome. at a really, really young age. So that was, that was, a uh, pretty special, um, at that point in time. And, um, yeah, so, uh, Vancouver was, uh, it was, it was amazing for me as well. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and that's was, cool, man. Was, like, how, like, yeah. when
0: like J.D. Jackson might be, you know, he's got to be in the conversation of one of the top players to ever play in Canada. Right. And you're, you know, you're watching them and you're getting to see these guys. And I mean, it's pretty clear why basketball sort of started to get ingrained in you. Right. Yeah, yeah that's for cool. Sure yeah yeah
2: yeah i loved yeah. i loved the whole uh the atmosphere and and what was happening at ubc at the time and the games with you against uvic and then i loved the games against sfu and yeah it was a pretty special time i think in in canadian basketball pretty That's good cool, players man. that came out at that time and, and i often i often look back and think how good uh, what what players they would have been nowadays and i think they, they still would have been pretty darn good players
0: yeah for sure yeah yeah mm-hmm. no doubt and then Salmon Arm, right? I mean, you know, I think one of the cool parts about being in a small community, you know, like a, like a McCrory or a Heinrichson or, a, you know, an Olynyk, Kelly Olynyk, smaller-ish compared to the lower mainland, is there's an opportunity to get a couple people on board and and buy into, like, you know, your drive and stuff like that. So did you find that early on? I know you had, like, you played with Andrew Roy, right? Oh yeah. I played with Andrew yeah. Roy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, so, I mean, Andrew
2: Roy was quite, was quite the player. I mean, so I a mean player yeah. Like, like,
0: yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to fool ourselves and talk that like, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you obviously the best player on the team, but like you weren't just walking around with a bunch of scrubs. Like there was a, there was a vibe and a, and a thing happening in the salmon arm area. And like we talked about before we started the show, like Casey Archibald probably was watching you growing up, you know what I mean? And, and so i think that's important and and pretty cool so talk about that salmon arm experience and and how things sort of started to come together and before we get into maybe like provincial team stuff which will be hilarious but uh you know when you transition up to salmon arm there um basketball like your sport like you're just you're in the gym every morning or are you still kind of dabbling in other things i'm just intrigued because we've never had that conversation and this is the fun part of the show
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So basketball was always a big part of my life, and uh, we, we, you know, but I was also playing, you know, hockey on the rink with my buddies on their homemade rinks. We're playing on the Shuswap Lake. I, you know, played volleyball, played baseball, played um, a little bit of rugby. uh, But it was, it was more so. for me, as far as basketball goes in in Salmon Arm, it was more so the folklore of the uh, of the Jewels of the women's basketball team. Uh, right, the, 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 the Salmon Arm Jewels were you know produced multiple Olympic team athletes and uh, you know all world kind of players like Bev Smith, Allison McNeil. You know these types of people were, were especially Bev Smith was a big and in, big influence on. She was coaching, I believe, the coaching the national team at the time, and then she was playing professionally at the same time overseas and and making a living as a as a female basketball player, and that was and and just to see her work ethic and to see where she was coming from, it was pretty special, and to see how how the community was kind of transformed by by uh, women's basketball in, in in Salmon Arms. So originally, you know, Bev Smith, Terry Michaels. Um, These people, the community was really strong with women's basketball. And um, when I was coming up, you know, there was just a bunch of guys. My dad was coaching us, and uh, we we were really kind of keen on playing basketball. And it was a really organic kind of process. And, um, yeah, it was was really nice. So, I mean, yeah, playing with guys like Andrew Roy. Andrew Roy was the quintessential teammate, um, quintessential kind of – guy you want to play with and yeah. we had a lot of a lot of guys like that on our high school basketball team that were just really into it for the love of the game and uh yeah i think we did we did all right for for where we were at in the big did, scheme of things
0: yeah did you play with Bowie, josh Bowie?
2: yeah josh Bowie yeah. was on the team as well and uh yeah josh Bowie uh, was uh, kind of a late mature uh yes yeah. you know in that he, he became the the, the man that he is the big man that he is later in life you know I mean he was yeah. still uh, physically not not as mature as he as he became in, into his f- couple years in university when he was playing um, so yeah he he was a big part of our high school our high school experience for sure well,
0: and for people that don't know those names like that's I mean for you there's you but then those two guys also played post secondary basketball and and played on good teams and and contributed right so. You weren't, you know, like I, like I mentioned previously, you weren't just walking around with a bunch of kind of ragtags and good shout out for the the ladies, man. That was uh man. They were a friggin' dynasty. Like they just absolutely crushed everyone. And it was, there were so many girls. It was almost seemed like it was just this channel to SFU women. Hey, like just this, like you played at Salmon Arm and then you went to SFU, you played at Salmon Arm and you went to SFU, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there was many years like that,
0: and for sure. I mean,
2: and they were all all excellent basketball players, to be completely honest. Yeah, I played with a lot of them growing up, um, even when I was young, and and there there wasn't as many pickup games or games going on with uh, with the dudes, and I. But I was, you know, obviously multiple years younger than them, and and playing with the the women that were really fundamentally sound and loved the game a lot of passion into it so that was yeah. that was pretty special
0: in rebels in, in sorry in seminar that's awesome man um and i re- always remember that you 19 year 19 year we went up and uh hung out and played i can't even remember who we and played but got to play in the gym and things like that and hang out and see kind of your guys lifestyle and we had Joe Enville on. I don't know if you know if you recognize that name, played at uh, Oh, sure, sure. Dude. Yeah. Isn't Clarence he coaching nowadays? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. the UFV coach now. And yeah, and he just talked about kind of that. How people didn't really realize the great, how great and fun the rivalry games were up in that area, and kind of just you know, it seemed like there was a few good teams up in that at that time, right? So
2: oh, they sure were, I and mean, yeah. a lot of people don't don't really realize. I mean, it was unfortunate that the Okanagan didn't uh, really get. I don't know if they do now get respected. I believe they do a little bit with mm-hmm. the KSS and what they've been doing, but uh, yeah, yeah. At the time, we we had a lot of we had. I think three teams in the top 10 in, in the in the BC high schools uh boys basketball like yeah uh, Fulton was was actually really quite good um, as was KSS and they both had ex-university players uh, I think believe both from uh you know uh, Mickey Welder I was thinking he was he is from yet yeah, UVic under Ken Shields as well as uh, the coach at Fulton. So, um, yeah, I mean, there was great programs and, mm-hmm. and they, they were quite competitive. Actually, they were very good programs. And, um, we actually, we, well, we didn't qualify for the provincials when I was in grade 11, mm-hmm. uh, got beat out by Fulton. I think it was the fifth time we played them that season. He mentioned we, that. Yeah. 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 But they were, you know, they were a really good program. And, and, um,
0: no, no, no. And that, I, I agree and, and I'll give you this like as, as someone who's still coaching and the, my biggest and God bless the people and the committees who do the rankings and, and organize the tournament and it's not a knock but like we still do this sort of rep by population right and it's like how do we find a way to have the 16 best teams represent our tournament regardless where they're from regardless if you know like I don't know how much you've followed, but there's a 4A tier, right? And so at the 4A level, the Fraser Valley gets eight of the 16 berths because the Fraser Valley is so friggin' big now. And it's like, mm-hmm. is that an indicator that all those teams are the best teams, right? And so, you know, when those years we've talked about, like when Rob Sacre was at Hansworth and the North Shore was super strong, but they got one berth. And then those years where you guys, you know, you got one berth and it's like, okay, how do we find a way... But there's money and things that are involved, and it and it take, and it's not always easy. But it is my biggest thing. Where sometimes you watch the tournament and you know that you know maybe seed fifteen would probably lose to like you know Okanagan two or Lower Mainland five. You know what I mean? So, you sure. Know, but it's not going to be perfect, and that's the way it goes. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But to, yeah, to talk about that grade twelve year. So in grade eleven, you guys get knocked out. Is that like? Was there like something that stoked that fire? Um, it, was because bit,
2: it, was a, it was a bit of a shocker. Or was it
0: or was it, it, was was of, it you it was playing U sixteen with me all summer that just stoked that fire <laughs> inside
2: of you? No, I grade eleven. No, I <laughs> yeah. don't even know what happened. Somehow we yeah. lost. Uh, you know, but the funny thing is is a couple of weeks prior, I think we were playing down at Pitt Meadows tournament. I think we played you guys, and I think we also played uh Tony McCrory and uh, Lady, Lady Smith, Smith or Lady Smith. And, you know, I, I still tell this story to the kids that I, I coach and that, um, you know, a, good, a friend of mine that I grew up with and he's now a, a mountain guide and uh, he, he, he guarded Tony McCrory and he was one of these guys that he was, I think he was six foot one. And just a, the toughest, strongest farm boy you'll ever meet, and and he, he kind of made Tony just shrivel into a little ball. And we all know how good Tony was, and how and what a scorer he was, and all the records he set, and all that, right? But right. Um, that this was literally, I think, uh, maybe a month before uh, Tony did that in his senior year. I think it was, or yeah. Yeah, when he went off to a BC school, you know, in the championships, and he went off and set all the kind of records, and that was the year that we didn't make it, Mm. um, and so, yeah, we had previously just beat Lady Smith and beat a lot of the Fraser Valley teams when I was in grade 11, and, um, and then sure enough, we got knocked off by Joel Envildson and, uh, and the Fulton team, um yeah, so I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but um uh, high school we were, hoops we were, man. High school hoops, we were a pretty yeah. good team and uh, yeah, we lost uh, those
0: games and and uh, it, yeah, it is what it is. yeah, and that was I mean, and then that year, right? like that was a crazy year. like we were the one seed Ben Simmons are you know probably second best player oh, yeah right ben he got Simmons. mono, didn't play. Peter, oh, yeah. Morgan, Peter Morgan had like a broken foot and then we lose to oh. VanTech first round. Right. Oh. Richmond got knocked out. It, that was like one of the, everybody says one of the wildest how, years.
2: How did history. Richmond get knocked out in those years? I, I you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, you know Kyle Russell, Bristol. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
2: oh my, yeah. my gosh. There's so much talent there with those teams. It was, it was, yeah.
0: Yeah. Teams yeah, got I'm, hot. Uh, yeah. And then talk got about got that grade 12 experience. Like obviously, um, who's coaching you, and and you know you mentioned going down to the Pit Meadows tournament, so s- someone's invested in getting you guys, you know, out of Salmon Arm to play and compete, and and talk about that grade twelve year, and then you know there's lots of exposure around you, and and what did you feel like it was pressure, or were you just kind of trying to enjoy your experience and figure out what it was you're going to do? you know uh after high school like i'm just intrigued about all that stuff
2: yeah well you know what i didn't uh you know uh, you know that's one of the things that um i think we should probably talk about on this podcast is that you know i uh yeah yeah i I definitely committed to a division one school way too early um Mm -hmm. definitely um didn't really do my own didn't do enough research Uh, into the type of program and the type of coaches I was a coach I was going to play for. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So that senior year, no, I don't, I don't feel as though there was any pressure. Yeah. I mean, well, there was, can we pause
0: for a sec? Sure. I was trying to tell Corbin about this open run that we had at Richmond when Majer showed up. You you can talk about all that. Like who are all these, like you've got, you, Kyle Russell, you've are got we paused Andrew. Right
2: now? Are we paused right now?
0: <laughs> no, no, we are recording.
2: Metaphorically paused. <laughs> Metaphorically paused. I'm just saying,
0: I'm just trying, I'm just, no, 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 we're not, pa- I'm just saying, pause your thought there. Like that run itself, like Eric Heinrichson, Andrew Mavis, like those, like you, that's three guys Olympian, like, like, it's just the amount of people in that gym and trying to describe to people that open run that day i think there was maybe like dave morgan like there was like 14 of us no oh yeah not sure if no was there he I mean, might have been right yeah
2: i think he was a bit he was a bit too old uh, yeah. marty nash was marty nash was there
0: yeah marty yeah yeah
2: yeah there was uh there was a lot of players there i mean gosh full of talent full like that that's what's amazing about it is mm-hmm. that the gym was full of talent it was that was amazing that mean you know, that was I was really happy to get a, even an invite to come down and play with you guys. you guys were all a year or two years
0: older than me, yeah, um, yeah. I think I was like an Oscars seat filler though, like I'm not fooling myself. I was just oh, you come
2: know. <laughs> on, come on I don't believe it no I think uh, I think I think there was a lot of talent in that gym, and that was you know pretty special moment uh for, for me for
0: sure that was a special and is that moment. when the process started for you and it was kind of and then you committed like you talked about you know maybe a little bit early and you know i think one of the cool things is we do have some young listeners or we have some coaches that share episodes so if there's a little bit of reflection like and you're okay with expanding on just kind of that recruiting process and what was it that you thought maybe you recruit like you just signed too early that you know, cause sometimes, I mean, we don't have regrets, right? It's all life and we learn and we, you know, like we ask the question at the end of the show and we're going to ask you and no one's really said like, I would just do it all over. Like, and I'd change everything. It's like, well, no, I met so many cool people and did so many dope things, but you know, upon reflection, you've touched on it. What was it about signing early that you didn't realize maybe? yeah
2: so that that game in particular that or that uh pickup session um at uh richmond high i mean i had so much history around richmond high and, and billy disbro and jason bristow and kyle russell and you know the list goes on um mike davis right i mean yes uh, shout out but, red but uh all these guys i mean i james wang you know the list goes on these guys are just um, well and of course andrew mavis and all that crew but um yeah i was, i was just uh ecstatic to even get a phone call to come play with you guys and and uh, all the all the lower mainlanders and all uh, all that talent so yeah so as far as yeah, so Majerus was really uh, was really into what I was doing at that time, and um, that was great. That was great. for So for any young listeners or for anyone who's being offered any sort of scholarship, I mean, I think you really need to look into the, the person, um, and we thought we did, but you you got to look into the person that you're going to go play for and uh, look mm-hmm. into the character of that person and uh, what they're really all about and... Yeah, i you know i could go a lot deeper into that but i mean i think that's what really should happen i mean people should be aware of where and and parents should be aware of where they're sending their young child and um and there 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 may be uh, many better experiences in canada there may be better experiences in uh smaller programs i'm not necessarily saying that for myself i'm saying that in in general in a bigger picture um Mm -hmm. that i don't necessarily believe that in my experience it was a bit of a shell shock it was a bit of a yeah i'd love to go play for this program and um however you know we, we did go get to know Majerus a little bit illegally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if the NCAA is listening, it was totally illegal, some of the things that happened. but um, <laughs> I got but you covered. True. It's true. No, please do say it, Corbin. I'd love to hear it. Uh, it's all good. They should be called out for what's <laughs> happening down there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, if I – you know, I just – would caution any parents and or athletes, um, on giving up, you know, not necessarily giving up, but going to play for people that ne-
0: don't necessarily have your best interests in mind. And, well, interesting because like our last episode 42 two was Mike Meeks, right. Who, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, he went somewhere and basically he got hurt really bad and was doing everything he could to show up every day and was like, Mm -hmm. this guy doesn't give a flying flip about me right like he doesn't care one iota so he re-reflected and was like Mm okay this isn't the place for me Mm -hmm. and and thought about it Ended up transferring and then went to canisius and you know he played for beeline who ended he actually snubbed but it's kind of a funny story but like made the tournament and like canisius had just such you know a great time when he was there but just same idea right he was just like I was showing up every day kind of hobbling and being a mm. practice player and it wasn't even, there was no value in that. It was like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am like literally kind of like a piece of meat to you. So this is not a right. place I want to be. Right. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Good, on Mike, good on Mike Meeks for making that decision. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Talk about it. Talk about the agridome, making it down there, that kind of the history and going and getting the opportunity. You didn't make it in grade 11. And when you first stepped on that floor, just the excitement and the hunger inside to to play in the Triple A tournament and be a part of that was that or how did you was it cool or whatever like I'm just wondering what you know the Salmon Arm Golds thought of that experience.
2: Well, actually, Mitch, I did make it. Thank you very much. In grade ten, when I was playing on oh, the team, and this is right before the scholarship right. was offered. Ah, and This, okay. this is uh, yeah, we finished second in the province. Uh, Roy Roy Cruzwick. I don't know you Roy Cruzwick. Yeah, of course. San, San Diego State. A little bit of a Clone beast
0: owls. We had a bit a of a hard, bit. Time,
2: a hard time with Roy Cruzwick <laughs> and uh, the rest of his team, uh, but you know, <laughs> you know, uh, he was a big fella, and uh, you know the salmon arm goals we had like i think six or seven players at the time and we <laughs> couldn't we, we, we couldn't really compete so we finished second to them in the okanagan valleys and i was, right. I was in, when i was in grade 10 so i did make it the Agrodome then okay um, that's when i got to i got to play against the richmond colts i guess that would have been in 94 yeah they, they yeah. crushed us pretty well <laughs> I believe I was watching you play OG in uh, one of those games, hitting some big shots at the uh, the end of those games with uh, all those guys you were playing with. I believe you were in grade 11.
0: That may or may not be true. Uh, yeah
2: so i remember watching those games and uh, so the agrodome was always a big deal for me i remember i, I remember watching uh, brian tayton and uh roy Putsey play there for the richmond colts way back when um i remember watching all those games so the agrodome was always a special place for me um didn't get to play there when i was a senior we were at the gm place and that was a bit odd the garage, baby. Yeah. I
0: forgot that you guys, like, it was, yeah, the next yeah. year. Yeah. Now, who wanted that? year? kids? I don't remember. Or did,
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it was kids. Yeah, it was, you're kids. Right, yeah. was kids. Yeah, Bustard
0: yeah. Mustard and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what was it like playing there? Was it, like, was it cool <laughs> that it was a huge arena, but kind of like the crowd didn't feel the same? Or, yeah, it, yeah,
2: yeah I think, it, I think it was the wrong, wrong place to, Host those, those, mm-hmm. uh, that tournament for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure why it all went down there, but, um, yeah, it was, it was okay to play there. Um, I remember Richie Chambers, your coach, Richie Chambers, saying to me, uh, after we lost to Kits in the semifinals, he's like, Jordy, why just, did why didn't you just shoot the ball? You know, <laughs> and, uh, cause the Kits played this, uh, matchup zone against us and it just didn't shoot the ball. And, um, We ended up losing by one. So the the atmosphere for me, I mean, it was, uh, it was all right. It was a big stadium with not many people in it. So, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think the Agrodome was a much better environment for high school. uh, Yeah. Boys basketball.
0: Langley's very similar. It's just one lower bowl, right? It's got a few suites above the LEC. It's, it's very cool where they do it now. So it's, it's it's awesome. And uh, you had the opportunity to play for Richie. I, I was like, well, not always, but I've looked back on that U sixteen when you're a year younger, playing on that U sixteen team with us and just think about <laughs> you know, Ross Thompson, Richie and all the guys like Vitel Peters is a yeah. he's a he's an elementary school principal. He lives in my hood. I bumped into him a couple oh, times. Awesome. awesome. Some, yeah, Bristow, Chris Ray, like James Wang, oh. Allie Wilmont. Oh, you know, wow. I'm on the island visiting yeah. my brother. I go for beers with him. Yeah, yeah. Ole Schmidt, like McCrory, oh, all those yeah. guys, right? It's yeah. funny times, man. And I was I was
2: just I was so grateful to even be on that team with you guys. I don't know if you you even have ever recognized that or realized that. I mean, I don't know if I ever told you that, but mm -hmm. I was always so grateful to even be you know kind of hanging with you guys and and playing with you guys. And uh, yeah, you guys were big big uh, big leaders in my
0: world growing up at that time. Yeah, we had some fun, man. And then it was even more fun, you know, the U nineteen years when. We were the year older still, but it was like you guys and Kyle and Aaron Olson, AO, right? Like we Kev would get kick us for the weekend to practice and then we'd go to friggin' Kyle's house and hang out and and have some fun, right? <laughs> Bristow. And like those are fun times, man. It was uh the provincial team stuff was uh those are good memories, man. And uh, I really enjoyed that time. And I don't know what you feel about that, but they were uh they were fun experiences and then like you mentioned right getting down to seattle and then you go to vegas and you get to expose yourself and see like where do you stack up against these guys you know did you feel like did you feel like dudes were coming at you uh when well <laughs> when we go when? like every day no like
2: <laughs> oh with like when we, when we were playing provincial team and yeah like, oh yeah uh... Yeah, I sure hope they're coming at me, you know, I'm, yeah, coming, like, at, I'm coming at you as well. So well, this is you the know, thing I, I was like know, about I,
0: you, George, like you were like, you are like a, you were a fiery little prick, man. Like, I loved, yeah, it. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. I love playing with yeah. you. You were, you were, you like, you didn't back down from nobody. Even, even that u 16, like I don't know if you've seen that photo, I'll send it to you, but like, you don't <laughs> have a lot of meat on your, you don't have <laughs> a lot of meat on your arms. I mean, you're a good looking man, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But like, dude, I was never worried that like, there was like, okay, this younger guy is going to back down. Like he's going to get into it, you know? And that's what I think. I think your mentality like that and probably in life is just, that's helped you in a lot of ways. You know what I mean?
2: Well, I appreciate that, Mitch. And uh, one of the things I, I remember about this, so that's why I brought up the game against uh, the games or against the Seattle teams, the Washington teams. And teams and those guys, wow. I mean, those guys just smacked us all around the court. But, I mean, yeah. I, I, I do appreciate that about you as well, is that you, you, you went at it with them. And uh, you, you weren't really happy getting uh, walked all over by... Uh, you know, I think his name was Donald Watts. I remember Donald, Donald Watts. Watts. I think I think he yep. played at UW. And yep. uh and and then there was uh what's his name? Downtown Freddie Brownson. I can't um, remember his Tarek, name. Tarek Brown? Tarek okay, yeah. Was and, it? They uh, both played at UW, you know, yeah. I think, yeah. And so I don't know, like I think the the whole experience, the provincial team, was such a wonderful experience. And then, you know, the year after I played with you guys, we went back down there, and we—I think we, I'm pretty sure right, it was Kyle, man. Kyle, Kyle Russell. I think we were beating the Washington teams.
0: I wouldn't know um, that.
2: Just because you know it's it's that that much growth within uh, one calendar year, just like well, we're all human beings. We we can play against these guys, and yeah, uh, appreciate I appreciate you understanding that. You know, no, I I that was one of uh, one of the things I had going for me is that I didn't really. i didn't really i you know when it when it st- when we step onto the court well we're gonna play and uh and uh and we're you know it's it's uh it's a game and and we're going to all compete like human beings and and it's a healthy source of communi- uh competition i, I believe
0: yeah yeah i agree man and it's um one of those things like and you're starting to, like, get back into the coaching thing, too. And it's, like, how do you – you know, I mean, you want – the game's got to be fun. you got to enjoy it. But, you know, you get to the, maybe the senior high level. And it's, like, how do you get these kids to actually – like, I mean I, – I can't remember I can't remember how many times Vic Gore Point Guard, and Dave Morgan literally got in scraps and practiced, like literal scraps, <laughs> right? And they would drive each yeah. other home every day. Yeah. yeah they would yeah, drive yeah. they knew they yeah. knew that one of them was driving that day. And it was like, Oh yeah. I gotta get in the car. And it was like maybe some days they didn't say a word. And probably most yeah. days they were like, Yeah, good practice, man. Like, whatever. But like well, yeah. yeah,
2: on those under sixteen teams, I was uh, I was playing with, with Kyle Russell, and Kyle Russell was just such a competitor My and God. such a fundamentally amazing basketball player. Like, yeah, and, and and what an athlete as well. I mean, a lot of these guys that came out of you know BC at the time were just phenomenal basketball players. Yeah, if you, yeah. Man. So if you want to go back to these, uh, yeah, these times with the. Uh, BC teams. I mean, Aaron Olsen. Oh, Aaron Olsen, like, uh, I remember when we were playing against, uh, he was at uh, Eastern Washington and when I was at Idaho State, then we would have these chats after the game. Do you remember when we, we were playing, uh, oh gosh, Stellies, Stellies versus Salmon? Yeah. Yes. yeah and I think we played, I think we played in the, I think it was the finals of the Terry the Fox beagle. tournament, yes, the beagle, yes, yeah, and, and, and we uh, we would still have conversations in university playing Division One basketball after he went to the uh, Uvic and all that, and, and went down to the Division One, and you know, and we had we always have conversations about who who got the best of each other in that game, and it was you know these guys, I mean, what competitors, what amazing basketball
0: players that uh, they were at the time and I mean uh, like so here I'll nail it for you we're yeah. at Langera. please do fill, fill,
2: fill me yeah. in I, I forget a lot yeah. of
0: it yeah me too but we're at a, we're in a trip we're at San Diego we go watch Kyle play for San Diego and A.O. play for Eastern like yeah both of them division one basketball i'm like this is crazy man like just and unbelievable humans like just great guys right like that was kind of the fun part too was like we would all just go and kick the crap out of each other and then it was like okay well what fun can we have now and and move on from it so awesome man um yeah love it dude uh (laughs) how much you want to talk about utah and like that experience i mean you can't you can't take away uh you know well, a year or so of we might as well
2: yeah. talk about it I mean yeah, yeah it's guy, all working good. behind it's a all guy
0: good. like yeah like working behind Andre Miller you know I'm writing down you got Matola, Van Horn, Andre Miller Doliak like future nba guys right like what what's practice like every day and and,
2: and there's multiple more guys there's
0: multiple yeah. other guys that,
2: that went to the Are league there? and then, yeah. oh yeah yeah that went and played overseas and all that and yeah the team was littered with pros i mean uh and that's the funny thing it was it was treated like a professional organization at that time uh, you know um yeah, my first two pickup games, it was before this the school year had even started. And I'm you know, and I'm guarding Dre and the first two <laughs> plays I guarded Dre, he dunked on me the first two plays. Come on. And, you know, no, no, no bullshit Yeah, he posted me up and the first time I I couldn't get around the post up and he he dunked on me. I challenged it, he dunked on me. And the second time Keith threw a lob to to him and he and he dunked on me again. So the first two plays I played yeah, at Utah was uh guarding Andre Miller, and yeah, he dunked on me the first two plays I played against them. So that you was think a,
0: that was intentional.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, no yeah. question.
0: Yeah, 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 no question. Because like, the way
2: majerus did things is, is well, yeah, and the way majerus did things, he was probably playing mind games with Andre, saying that this this white little guy, you know uh, coming from Canada is better than you, you know, and he's always playing mind games. So, yeah. um, wanted yeah. wanted to make it clear, uh, who was better than who. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he did, and it was all good. <laughs> but That's yeah, awesome. it was, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, Utah ask any questions you want to ask. I mean, it was a phenomenal experience.
0: Um, that was you guys the, made it to was- the national final, man. Like,
2: yeah, the first year we made it uh, to the elite eight, and yep. uh, yeah, I got I, I got ripped by Wayne Turner in the elite eight uh, with many second, not many seconds to go in the game, and he went down and dunked it against Kentucky, and then they, they won the game. That was a humbling experience, uh, but it was all good at the time. Um, it just was not what it was, and uh,
0: so I'm interested, like. Um, being someone you know obviously you're up in bc and you know there's you know there's articles about steve nash or like how good you are and just kind of pumping your tires all the time like how do you how do you maintain a level of just continuing to be grounded and knowing that okay i'm going to utah and you know before the dunks on you happen like knowing that (laughs) it's going to be a whole different world like and how what was it what was it inside of you were you a goal setter uh did you do kind of mental toughness things in your brain like were you, a, were you a yoga guy like how how did you step into that knowing that you were ready to take on that challenge or was it just kind of like you're just a stubborn SOB your whole time you know like the guy that I remember when he was 15 kind of battling anyone <laughs> that would, you know
2: yeah you know, I think it was a little unconscious you know mm-hmm. I mean Getting to uh, Utah and not necessarily knowing what I was getting into, and um, uh, yeah, like any anything with Steve, it was more, it wasn't really necessary. I, w- I didn't really compare myself to Steve at all. Uh, we are completely different players and uh, completely different upbringing, and so I never really didn't did any of that. Um, the one comparison was when he gave it to Damon Stoudemire mm-hmm. in uh, whatever round that was tournament, in the uh, yeah. tournament. That was at University of Utah on that court. And All that right. was kind of cool. And I, I remember watching that and just thinking, oh, gosh, yeah, damn. And, and he had a great opportunity in that moment. And um, so, yeah, going to Utah, it was uh, it was more of an unconscious. You know, that's what I, I was kind of mentioning earlier is that maybe maybe I would have really looked into – a bit more of the tactics that Rick Majerus tried to, or employed to coach a basketball team full of 18 and 19 and 20 year olds. I I may have looked into that a little bit more. I was a Mm -hmm. bit of a sensitive younger, uh, person. And I don't know if, you know, he wasn't necessarily the right person for me at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. however, uh, yeah, I mean that time at Utah was very special. It was very special for me. I mean, the guys that were on the team were an amazing group of. I was gonna say, were
0: good dudes, hey?
2: Oh, phenomenal guys, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah i got to meet up with him a couple of years ago down in utah again we were we were part of this uh what was it some sort of hall of yeah i think we we're part of the utah hall of fame or something but uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty special and nothing had much nothing much had changed and and that was um i don't know if i'm really answering your question right mitch i don't even know no, what your man. question was. <laughs> Keep going other, with than, it. uh, good. other than uh utah was a phenomenal experience um
0: yeah, um. no, you are answering it right, man. You just you're from the heart and just curious about all those things and, and what that was like and campus life. One thing I'm also interested in and I love it too, like just the the power of sport, right? Like doesn't matter how much time goes by. I finally track you down, get your number. You're like, let's call. And I'm like, I hear your voice. And I'm like, man, like it just, you know what I mean? And you like walk into Utah and you bump into those guys that you showed up every day with and competed with. And put your heart on the oh, line yeah. with, and it's just like yeah, you can't I take think, that away, I, right? Like it's so cool, man.
2: Not at all, and I think that they, uh, I think they recognize, you know, the, the the fact that I was a competitor and I was on their side, and you know, it's really interesting to go from a guy that you know, you know, you're 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 the guy on the team, and then you go, you're uh, you're the guy coming off the bench, and mm-hmm. uh, probably uh, you know, the funny thing, funny thing was. I don't know if I was the sixth man, but I actually was a sixth man because I was <laughs> because because <laughs> I was coming off the bench first for Andre. He had a bit of fitness problems, and and <laughs> he could have got you know he could so.
0: <laughs> do you like that I just that's heard corbin that. what
2: was that yeah that
0: was awesome that's, cool, corbin. that's corbin giving so, you a yeah. drum roll for your joke yeah,
2: oh, okay yeah. okay well no it wasn't even a joke yeah. but uh dre would <laughs> dre would recognize this too he, he did have a bit of a problem there and and uh so he was always gassed so i'd come out, you know come on fill him in, fill fill in for him yeah um at certain times in the game and uh yeah i mean It was a wonderful, you know, kind of experience. You know, I went from Salmon Arm. uh, The town was about 15,000 people, I think, at the time when I was in high school. And then when we went to play the first home game at the Huntsman Center in Utah, there was 15-5, right, the first home game. And then every home game thereafter, you know. So that was uh, quite the experience. All of a sudden, you're playing in front of 15 to 16,000 people every game and uh, Unreal, man, and it wasn't really it wasn't really shell shocking for me it wasn't really mm-hmm. uh it wasn't really that much of a eye-opener i always knew what i was getting into with that um this is what i wanted to hear yeah, no, it wasn't. You know, when I was when I was playing. Uh, I remember we were playing against Texas, and and they were a top ten team. I think we were a top ten team in the first my freshman year, and uh, all of a sudden I'm on the court and. I, I can't hear myself think. I can't. It's so loud in the, in the stadium, and it's exactly everything I had always thought of, right? And it was such a beautiful moment. And uh, we ended up winning the game. Uh, but that was when I really realized that, holy smokes, like I'm actually here. I'm actually playing on the television and all that. And that was a special moment. And uh, getting to be a part of that team and be be a guy who is more of a – a facilitator. I'm more of a practice player. I'm I still playing, but I was. Um, I think that's one message that I don't think a lot of young kids really understand. Is being a part of a team is like it's pretty special. And when, when you're when you're the person who's not playing as much, you can contribute just as much to that team as the people that are there as the Andre Millers, the Keith Van
0: Horns. Um, the Hano mental the mike Doliaks and all that right thanks for that i i totally agree and it doesn't matter what level right it's like be a be an all-star in your role right like the easiest thing for you would have been like well i gotta like i'm playing a backup role and like maybe every now and then at practice kind of just shut it down but it's like no i'm going to get in andre's ass i'm going to guard the crap out of Uh him and do the right and i might get killed But like, this is an NBA, this is an NBA level point guard and I'm going to give it to him as best I can because it's yeah, going yeah. to make me and our team better. Right.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. That was it. Like I never really backed down to, to Dre and he, and he, he recognized that about me. And even later on when I was playing and, and left Utah and that, he, and, and I started to have a little bit of freedom. He realized that, oh yeah, I could actually play against him, you know, um, and you, Dre's always realized that, and we always realized that about the team that we were on that night. Well, there was the '97 and '98 Utah teams, or the '96, '97, '97, '98. We were pretty damn good, uh, well, we made it the championship <laughs> game in the double-A tournament. Yeah, and uh, yeah, people would come out. We'd have we'd have twenty to thirty thousand people to, in the in the to final watch you four, play basketball. Uh, no to, to watch us uh no practice. to watch us practice because they they just couldn't believe how we did it so that was the beauty of majerus and mm-hmm. uh, the beauty of the characters that we had on the team so the characters oh. we had on the team were uh were pretty special human beings and and yeah well you know you know you have it. an andre miller andre miller is a very special human being and he you know that was one of the things this was just like okay so i'm comp- once i realized that i was competing against one of the top point guards in the world or in the nation every single day well okay this is why this is why this guy's locking me up <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i can't do anything against him yeah. he was good huh pretty good mitch pretty good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. good huh yeah Yeah. six two with a six foot six wingspan and and 210 when he's light so he could push me around a little bit yeah
0: (laughs) i mean that's one thing you always needed an extra burger Jordan. you always need an extra burger (laughs) i sure did yeah yeah. that's okay though i mean that's just genetics right yeah i was running
2: running too much i
0: guess (laughs) i got there it is for you corbs on it thank you Uh, Corbs. too much, too much What's cross country. Um, <laughs> okay, two questions though. Uh, yeah. Okay, one, you got to have and rest in peace, Majerus, whatever. And obviously, you know it, it was an interesting relationship for you guys. You must have a pretty good Majerister. Like I've always wondered about that guy. And then two, uh, can you? And then two, and you don't, you don't have to give one. Like just a funny uh, one. Will. If, I will. I could give okay. a couple. But okay, you know. I'd love, love to hear it. And then two, talk about. What it's like to go into a deep NCAA tournament run and you return back to campus for two days, like the chaos of that. I've always just been so intrigued, especially we haven't had anyone on the show who's made a final a national final we've had people make the tournament oh. but like you know so oh. you pick and choose but ramble on don't feel like you're saying the wrong thing unless you <laughs> text us tomorrow and be like delete that but
2: <laughs> um yeah majerus i mean uh, i don't know uh so that was the first question right yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. sir. That's the first Sorry, question. I was
0: sipping my Parkside uh okay. dreamboat Hazy IPA. Shout out Go to our sponsor.
2: You. Okay. Oh, you gotta you got a yeah. sponsor Okay. Send me one <laughs> I'll ship you some uh, beer and a t-shirt. We got you. I love a, I love a t-shirt. Um, okay. Absolutely. Just send us your yeah. size. Yeah.
1: That's for later on. That's for later on. Yeah. Yeah. is yeah. well,
2: Majerus is uh, Majerus. uh How do you how do you how do you say? You know, I have some. I have some. There's some funny stories. I don't know if the the ones that are so funny or so uh, they may be a bit offside. Um,
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll um, if that if the, uh, if
2: need be.
0: I feel like anyone that knows um, knows or anything about Rick Majeris might know that a story would be maybe a little bit offside. But
2: yeah, I don't have too many good stories. I think I I blocked a lot of them out um, because really? of you. yeah yeah. Who's uh, it was that it was tough. Hey. Well, you, you have a few, la- like, so the, this whole, uh, hall of fame, uh, thing with Utah, we yeah. were rec- uh, the, the Utes, we were recognized and it went down there. So I finally went down there, um, after he had passed away. Um, yeah, I didn't really Was want it to hard for you? Did, did a lot of courage uh,
0: for you to go down.
2: Uh, not after, no. not after, he- no, no. Um, yeah especially when I realized they're paying for it to be completely honest uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just really nice to go see all the guys and you know we sat around we laughed about all the stories and the jokes and and whatnot um, however it, you know he he, he was uh, it was quite a, an abusive Coach and human being. And um and I, I hope you do keep this on the record because uh you know it's it's unfortunate when coaches uh find this latitude uh to uh abuse young human beings, uh mm-hmm. psychologically, emotionally, physically, and um so some of the jokes, I mean, you know, he's funny when he's on TV. And everyone loves him when he's on TV, uh, mm-hmm. when he was on TV. However, you know, he it was unfortunate that his whole life revolved around basketball. And, and you know, I think that's a metaphor that is stu- – not a metaphor necessarily, but a, a lesson that stuck with me for, throughout my whole being since I left Utah and that, you know what, this world is a lot bigger than basketball. And, uh and I think a lot of coaches could take a deep breath and, and look outside of their their world of basketball. Um, I think majeris had a hard time doing that. Um, it was pretty evident that he had a hard time doing that. He ruined many people's lives, or young, young children's lives, essentially, based on his uh, need to win. And, I love that. I love yeah, that he never really realized that what he was doing, even though he thought he had the best intentions of the kids in mind. And I, I do believe that he thought that he had the best intentions of these kids' minds uh, or these kids' lives. Uh, but I don't necessarily know if he realized what he was doing to a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year olds.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, yeah, the first thing he told me when I showed up at practice within the first five minutes of practice, he told me, "Jordy." You need to realize what the f you are in life. Oh Jesus! You're a little piece of sh, and I'm a fat piece of sh. I know what the fuck I am in life, and you need to realize what you are in life. And you know, I, I think there's a lot of other ways, other other ways. I don't mean to, go to laugh, on. but please yeah. bleep those out. Please. I got yeah, you. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. This no. is
0: a PG but, podcast. Yeah, yeah. we, we just throw
2: in. Um, no, you know, no. I mean. I think he he didn't necessarily know what he was saying to someone when he said that you know I you know I heard a lot of things that he he did and said that you know for me it's not necessarily funny anymore so even right. though he he was a comical person on TV um, he yeah. was uh, uh, not necessarily uh, in the best interest of a lot of his players and it was more so about him winning games and um, that's the reality of the ncaa and maybe and, and not all ncaa programs are like that and i know yep. that for a fact um yep. since i went to play for idaho state university
0: we'll definitely get into that yep
2: yeah so what are your thoughts on,
0: what are your thoughts on um getting paid in the ncaa
2: yeah <laughs> Well, I think the athletes should definitely get paid, even though they do get paid uh, to a certain extent. They can, they can pay their rent, they can pay their, you know, there's there's a fine line there, and I don't know necessarily how much they should get paid, but they should be taken care of. It's 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 well known that the NCAA is a money making machine. It's a well known. Uh, it's well known that the all or most Division one programs are industrialized programs that are made to make money um, and to recruit more students. So that's that it, in my mind right now, by saying this, that is, it, it's not uh, something that hasn't been communicated yeah. well.
0: For sure. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: no, it's I interesting. Apologize, I apologize, Mitch, if I'm saying too much, but sometimes I just can't hold back.
0: Oh no. brother, this is your story. It's not ours, man. This is the whole point of the podcast. I love it. Like, no, no, don't apologize for anything um i think a lot of other
2: ncaa uh people who went to the ncaa and and um you know i gotta say this uh you know i love you a mave andrew mavis played for ben howland at Pitt, and ben howland was uh uh rick majerus kind of cohort protege yeah, and when he when he said, I, I, li- I I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, mm-hmm. Jay Trano and Andrew, Andrew Mavis, and uh, when I heard Mave say he challenged us, he <laughs> you know he challenged us to be you know okay, come on, he he was uh, very challenging. Let's put it that way. The coach was challenging. Mave wasn't challenging. The right. coach
0: was challenging. Right, got you. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> um but you're right man like uh like if i'm being fully honest like when i started coaching high school i was just like we're just gonna win like we're gonna win games and that's what we're gonna do and i was just <laughs> like like probably even when you were coming down to our tournament and i was like okay like i i don't regret the years that i had like we talked about the word regret, but i just like if i could do it all again and i could be who i am now Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and focus on the process and the person and trying to build people up. Right. Like there's just, there's so many nuggets that you just gave in terms of for young coaches to be like, yeah, it's basketball, but there's so many other things. And really like if, if you speak to someone a certain way and then expect them to compete for you, it's just not going to happen. Like you're, you probably were just doing it because internally you were a fiery guy and wanted to get after you're like, okay, well coach said that to me today, but whatever, I'm going to go guard Dre and get into his grill, you know, cause you were just like a competitive person. But if you want long-term yeah. like, yeah, it's just, I, I think that's good stuff. You're not t- saying too much stuff and you're not saying anything. off oh. the, Yeah.
2: I was an eight, I was an 18 year old, uh, young man, right. Young boy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, all I wanted to do, you know, and all I did do was uh, just dive right in and, I realized pretty quickly, you know, in Majerus' system, I couldn't necessarily play against Andre Mellon. There's no way right. he, he locked me <laughs> up every single practice I could ever play, you know. But I think he would when I when I when I think think about it in hindsight uh, is that he locked everyone up. Right. He, he, yeah. He was one of the best point guards in in the NCAA Division One basketball at the time, and yeah. that, that gives me a lot of solace. It was it was really nice. It was like I got to play against Dre and I'm still buddies with him now and he wants to come to Revelstoke and he wants to know about grizzly bears and, you know,
0: it's just
2: pretty, it's pretty cool. So, uh, Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, I have no no regrets in that sense in that uh, I got to play against Andre Miller and he That's was awesome. from Compton and he, and he was m- as excited about getting to know a guy from Canada as I was to get to know someone from Compton so that was pretty cool um, this
0: is dope by the way, this is dope. Um, okay. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Aaron Mitchell. Yeah, no, it's great, man. So, okay. So you decide to transfer. Talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, and then just want to talk a little bit about your national team experience. And then find out what you think about ketchup on macaroni. And then we'll let you on your way. But um, yeah, you decide to. It, I guess this yeah, has you, been a long, long chat, eh? No, it's great. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> It's unreal. Dude. No, no, no. no this is good were, so you, you know, you decided to transfer. Why did you pick where you wanted to go? And, and how did that go for you? And, and did you stay on your degree? I'm also think that's important for young people to hear, like, did you stay on your degree and use the opportunity that you had to play division one basketball? So again, go for it. Loving it.
2: Um, yeah. So the, one of the things, uh, and how, toxic Majerus was um to be completely honest was with the, uh, uh, he uh, he he told me that I wasn't going to play for him next the in the 98-99 season after the signing date so mm-hmm. that means uh, all division one schools cannot sign you to a scholarship um so that was a bit of a ass kicker that was a bit of a smacking the balls and that yeah. he just yeah so he told me I couldn't play anywhere else in the division one scope so that was okay okay um, that was uh that was a tough thing to hear after going to the championship game and playing minutes and backing up Dre you know all all of it and being a part of that team so I as much as he preached team you know we'd always cheer team together every huddle yet he didn't really he didn't really understand it in that, um, that he, he didn't really realize the whole John Wooden thing that you're, you're, you know, you're only as good as the last person on your bench. Right. You know, he didn't really, he didn't really get that. Um, he didn't really get how powerful his team was. He didn't really get how good we were and how the reason why we went so far and the reason why, uh, Dre was so successful or Hano Metala was so successful or Alex Jensen was so successful. He thought that, you know, certain players on the team were just pawns. And Mm -hmm. in fact, we were, we were bigger than pawns. In fact, we were a big
0: part of the team. Yeah. And so
2: it was uh,
0: quite, And I'm assuming uh, those dudes showed that they loved you too, right? Like there was a good relationship in that locker room
2: oh man it was it it doesn't get much better right so it doesn't get much better and we were um i i guess his his mentality is like you you know you you pit the whole team against the coach so that the whole team will come together and uh find this resiliency or you know an ability to adapt but you know in reality a lot of us just couldn't stand the guy so (laughs) uh, you know uh, one of the you know i left so i left in uh yeah i left in a disgruntled way um it really worked out really well for me uh really well for me um in the elite eight in 96 97 we play uh stanford was also in the elite eight and uh, a guy named Doug Oliver, who was the longest term assistant for uh, Mike Montgomery at Stanford, was uh, then moving to the Big Sky. He wanted to leave Palo Alto and Stanford, and so he went to the Big Sky. And then all of a sudden, they're rebuilding this program and they have scholarships available. Whereas most programs in the United States didn't have scholarships available because they they'd already signed all the people they needed to. Right. So right. that was one of the, the problems that, you know, and one of the last straws that I had with the Utah program is that I could go into it further, Mitch, like he did the, uh, there's, there's multiple experiences where uh, he didn't treat each tr- again, treated people like a piece of meat and uh, treated people like they weren't necessarily worthy of being on his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I was one of them, and uh, by the time there were no scholarships available, I, um, I found one close to home, or close to Salt Lake, and uh, that was in Idaho State, uh, with Doug Oliver, who had just moved there under Mike Montgomery's tutelage, or under his, his kind of wing or umbrella. And you
0: did great. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. it was, it was, it it was, was fun, it was good.
2: Yeah, it was super fun. All of a sudden, basketball became fun again, and it wasn't just necessarily it wasn't a business. It wasn't an industrialized program. It was more mm-hmm. so like let's play, let's play the game for what it is. It's a fun game to play, and and uh, let's get a bunch of guys who like to play the game and move move forward.
0: Dope. Oh. Did mm-hmm. you? Do you even know who Danny Boticky is?
2: Oh, did I before he came to Idaho yeah. State? No, yeah. no yeah. way, no way. Was that
0: like a connection? Did that have been a connection?
2: Oh yeah, it was definitely because he's a great dude.
0: Oh, love Danny Botiki, love yes. him always will. Yeah,
2: he was in my wedding party. No way. Yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Danny way
0: Botiki. he responds. Way.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that is worth the Yeah. No yeah. way, man. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, yeah. I wish Danny Botiki uh, his experience at Idaho State would have been uh, more like mine, but it wasn't. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: Danny and Botiki. So- yeah,
2: yeah. I never, I never heard of Danny Botiki until I heard that he was this point guard combo guard, came out of Saint Michael's University School, and and immediately when you hear Saint Michael's University School, you're like, okay, well, he's been coached very well, and uh, he's going to have great fundamental skills. He's going to be a bright human being. He's from British Columbia. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, Danny, Danny showed up and in Idaho state, well, so he went and played junior college first and then he came to Idaho state and he was, yeah, he had a lot to offer to the program. And, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I wish it would have, uh, worked out better for him in that program. Um, right. but, uh, it didn't.
0: Yeah. He's a good dude um for sure Sure. and then so did you finish your degree on time and everything or i'm just wondering like how did that work like when you transfer schools like that and the stress and the kind of basketball is a priority like how much is it it must be hard to gather all that information in your head and just be like what am i doing and how do i go you know
2: yeah, yeah, I finished the degree early. I was still playing when I finished the degree and then Attaboy. I went on to grad school while I was playing.
0: So, yes. Nice. Yeah,
2: went on to, went on to grad school and I uh, just kept on following the same path and what I was interested in and that was athletics and sport and and the culture of sport and yeah, went on to do a graduate degree in athletic administration with an emphasis in physical ed- education and with an emphasis in youth sport. Yeah. Mm
0: nice and then Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about you know the national team like how was that experience obviously there was some tough times and like some injuries and just some stuff but uh like I, i the reason jord like that i want and i you'll never say it and you might be annoyed that i say this but like you are by far one of the best players in bc ever and in canada and Things happen, and it, and no, but yes, like things happen. injuries, no, no, dude, it's. But come on, no, you, you can't backtalk the host, man. Come on, like no. <laughs> there, injuries happen, things happen, and you had a tough ending to your career. Which which like, if you want to reflect on that, we can talk about it in a bit. But this is why I wanted you on is because like I know there's a whole bunch of people that are like, yes, we got Jordy McTavish on the show because, <laughs> you, like Jordan, like you are you are the Nash for people you are, you know what I mean? Like there's a whole bunch of people. No, I mean, you won't say it. It's true though. It's true uh, though, funny.
2: man. No, That's funny. Did you just say Nash
0: people? No, four people. Like, like the way, that, <laughs> the way that, the way that, the way that people look that's, up uh, to him or like, or the, whoever it is, the Scott Walton, the, like the Dave Morgan, yeah. the people that we know, the Kyle Russell, yeah. like, you are you're that person man and and okay and i think okay. your story is important and it doesn't it has nothing to do with the fact that like you didn't end up playing pro ball like you're good you're content your life is good everything's okay but there's a pocket of time where Man, you are one of the best hoopers in Canada, and that's dope.
2: Hey, well, thanks, Mitch. Thanks, no one can Mitch. Take I think that. I played. I think I think I played pro ball by the time I was eighteen. So that's the funny thing is that that whole uh, idea yeah. of playing. Division one basketball. I think you are a semi pro and you you were asking earlier about making money. And it's like, well, we kind of were making money and uh, we weren't, we weren't actually getting money in our pockets, but um, we we were paid to play. And you were also Um,
0: playing against a bunch of pros
2: one of the things I didn't talk about that I really want to talk about is yeah, uh, please do. I, I remember, I remember seeing, okay, so you were talking to Maeve about this and mm. Maeve was playing against Cincinnati and Melvin Levitt and all these guys yeah. and Maeve, like Andrew Mavis was yeah. lighting up, like just lighting them up. Like just, yeah. on, on, and literally I'm, I'm watching. We're about to play against uh, Arkansas. Yeah, forty minutes of hell. You remember that? And, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Nolan, Nolan Peter, Nolan, Richardson, uh, Richardson, and yeah. uh, do you remember that uh, point guard? You must remember him from um, from oh. Las Vegas, Prince Fowler.
0: Prince Fowler, baby. Yeah. Was
2: playing for Arkansas. Yep. And now, now I got to go play against Prince Fowler, and I'm like, yeah. damn. Well, I'm glad that Andre Miller's going to play against P- Prince Fowler. And, <laughs> and, and 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 by the way. Andre Miller crushed Prince Fowler. Fowler, yeah Absolutely. Fowler, yes. sorry. But yeah, he went for, I think he went for a triple-double. I think he he went for the most triple-doubles in the NCAA tournament. The only person who had done that many prior to him was a guy named Magic Johnson. And I'm not bullshitting, look it up. Um, Corbin, I heard you're, you're a bit of a stats guy, so look at that up. Uh, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I'll find it.
2: But uh, yeah, so... Maeve is playing the next game against Cincinnati, or, or Northern Arizona University is playing against Cincinnati. And they went down to the wire. And And all I could watch is this guy, this Richmond Colt, just filling it up, like literally filling it up against Cincinnati. It was blowing my mind that, that, that Maeve was just crushing these guys. He's so, so good, right? I wanted to bring that up. Uh, oh, my gosh. you, know, you know. <laughs> He was so yeah, good. Very good so good yeah so good yeah and nowadays game probably would be a, a high level nba player in my 30 opinion. point score yeah man he was ridiculous yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so um love it now you went on a rant about, forgot the original question didn't you
2: yes what was that <sighs> <question>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think this is a good time to pause for uh commercial break carbs no i'm just uh, kidding
1: i'll throw an ad break right now
0: We want to take a moment and thank our sponsor Parkside Brewery. Located in the heart of Port Moody on Brewer's Row, Parkside offers an amazing atmosphere with one of the best summer patios around. If you can't make it to the brewery located at 2731 Murray Street, then hit any government retail store and try the Dawn Pilsner, the Dusk Pale Ale, or my favourite, the Dreamboat Hazy IPA. The Hoops Journey promises that the beer at Parkside is much, much, much better than the owner, Sam Payne's streaky jump shot. We hope to see you Parkside. After a brief hiatus, Good Lot clothing has returned, but under a new location, 3283 Main Street is where they can be found. Name drop a Hoops Journey to get 10% off any clothing items in store. The store no longer offers barber, but you can find the best retail around. Thanks to our sponsor, Good Clothing, and we hope to see you there. Uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's roll. Keep yeah. going. Keep no, going. just talk about the, the national team experience and what that was like. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. National team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. National team. Um, yeah, you know what? I was really lucky
2: to um, – I it was a long-time goal of mine. Uh, I remember watching – oh, gosh, I wish I could remember his name – uh, point guard play uh, for the national team. Eli, Eli Pasquale. No, it was, well, it was it, no, it wasn't Eli Pasquale, but I knew him pretty well. Um, <laughs> um, it was uh, yeah, I played. I went to camps with Eli Pasquale and Kent Shields and all that. And, um, no, it wasn't him. It was another point guard, uh, Tom, Tom McMahon. Is that right, Tom McMahon? Um, little blonde point guard, about five foot nothing. Mm. <laughs> he was playing for the national team, and I was twelve years old. And I realized, oh shit, I could I could go do that. You know, I, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be completely honest, I you know I, I can develop those skills. I can I can do that. And uh, so that was when it was set. The goal was set. And, uh, yeah, and so by the time 99 rolled around and after I had gone through Majeris's, uh washing machine, I realized that, yeah, you know, once I stopped playing against Andre Miller every day, I realized that I wasn't so bad, you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was obviously okay. I, was, I wasn't a bad player. And, um, yeah, I started playing against some other guys and then uh, playing for Doug Oliver and Lewis Wilson at Idaho State. I realized that, wow, Okay, I can I can play a little bit, you know. Whereas when I got when I, when I left Utah, I, I kind of felt like a little bit of a turtle, a little bit of a I was in my shell that I didn't really know how to, you know you know the literally uh, the coaches you know or the the coach made me feel as though I wasn't much of a player. So um, by the time I got to Idaho State, it was like okay, I can play a little bit, and now I went to. Um, yeah, so all of a sudden I'm at a tryout and uh, I think ninety nine yeah, ninety-nine. And uh yeah. Playing against guys like Sherm Hamilton and playing against uh you know, Rowan Barrett and guys like that, uh Keith Fassel, you know, a whole bunch of these guys and all of a sudden I'm like, Okay, well I can play a little bit and uh and it, it wasn't that I I didn't realize that I could play. It was more so, yeah. I definitely can play against these guys when I'm playing against Keith Van Horn, Metula, Andre yeah. Miller, and a bunch, bunch of the U- Utah Jazz guys. I mean, I, I can play. So make the national team, uh, make the first couple rounds, and I think what really uh, stuck with me is that I realized that I wasn't, uh, I, I you know. Uh, I, I need to be the guy that could uh, facilitate team-based ideas and and I could I I could play defense I could take charges I could dive on dive on the floor for loose balls I could I could hit the open man I could knock down open shots like little little things like that pretty simple stuff that high school coaches are coaching right now uh, teaching all the time and uh, so yeah little fundamental skills that I realized that I, well. I knew how to do that, and I knew how to do that at a high level. And I think the uh, national team coaches kind of realized my work ethic and my uh, dedication to the team, and and that's what ended up uh, allowing me to play for the national
0: team. Love it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool, to, like to hear because a lot of people just naturally progressed, and like I think the the rough patch, but you stayed true to who you were. You stayed competitive. You you kept the grind. You kept working 16 a game at the division one at Idaho state is nothing to like freaking bat an eye about. Right. Like people would die to average 16 a game in D one. Is that what it
2: was? Damn.
0: 15.6, man. I'll round it up. I'm no math Uh, teacher, but I'll round it up. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then just to like work with that great group. Right. And, um, before we go to the lightning round just if you're okay with answering this like i just wonder like how did you how were you able to kind of let go of that that injuries and the things that were just unfortunate to you and move on because i think it's important man there's a lot of people that have through sport had major injuries and things that have happened and like how did you reinvent jordy mctavish or were you okay with that because you're just like i know what i'm going to move into you know
2: Totally. Well, yeah. So when we qualified for the Olympics in Puerto Rico, Mm uh, I was backing up Steve and, and, uh, you know, the team was just like this amazing energy of, of people. And, uh, that was a really, another special thing. So, you know, I went from 98 in the final game of the NCAA division one basketball lost to Kentucky unfortunately and then in 99 now i'm qualifying for the olympics with uh, backing up steve nash and uh all these amazing human beings um on the team and and obviously you guys know all those people and they're all on this podcast and stuff like that but um that was a really special moment for me being Mm -hmm. a part of that and uh and you know learning from a guy like jay Triano, and you know being on, on that team was really special and then by the time um Steve left went back to the training camps and all that and then I blew my knee out we were playing against Argentina it was uh it was a pretty big moment for me I mean I was I was uh really invested in it and i really loving it and Mm -hmm. just like just a wild injury and um how did I recreate myself Mm -hmm. is that what you're saying uh how'd you go from there well you know what the funny thing is, is that basketball was always uh, a massive part of my life, but I was also this cross-country runner. I was also a mountain biker. I started mountain biking in the late 80s, early 90s, and um, it was kind of seamless for me. It, it was just one of these things. It's like, well, it's, it's uh, your knee is f***ed. your knee (laughs) knee is no good like i don't know i don't know if you guys know how bad it was but i you know i fractured my femur at the same time um yeah i fractured my femur and uh uh, yeah i tore every ligament and all the cartilage out i essentially i was told uh, that i had the a knee of a 50 year old when i was 22 so um how did i recreate that well it was just, what else can you do? You know? So, sorry. Mm-hmm. So I was mountain biking a lot and I was, uh, rehabbing a lot and, uh, and just dealing with it and, uh, trying to come back for the Sydney Olympics and, and did my best to get back there. And it wasn't quite, wasn't quite, uh, I wasn't quite ready to play again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man. I like that. Is that, is that the right, I mean,
2: is that a uh, no right answer? I, it's your no, answer. But I, yeah. I think I answered the question.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you're under a grill right now? It's okay, man. No, it's all not good. At all. Not at all. <laughs> I think I it's important for people to I, hear. Like, we go through hardships all the time, and it's like, you know, spend your whole okay. life committed to basketball, but it's like you were able to be like, you know what? I got to spend a freaking ton of time with an awesome group of people. And yeah, mm-hmm. like, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. It's dope, man. But
2: you know what is, uh, I, I can I had to sit out in another season in division one basketball and then I came back and played for another season after that.
0: Yeah, like, I know you after did. That, yeah. After
2: that, after that First injury. So it wasn't like the whole world's over. Um, uh, it was more so I was really enjoying my time and in Idaho and came back to play and we gave it a good go in the big sky and all that
0: yeah cool man i love it Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. majority love it
1: my question is uh,
2: oh oh, corb's sliding in right now
1: (laughs) why not go for it i'm just wondering like kind of building on that like did it take you a long time to kind of come to come to peace with how things ended for you or
2: uh at which time because they ended a couple times Oh, fair enough
1: Fair or or the last time uh yeah
2: so after utah it didn't take me yeah it took me some time to uh reconcile with what really happened. And I realized that it, you know, the division one system is, is often geared to win and it's often an industrialized system in order to win games. And so after Idaho sort yeah. So then the whole Olympics thing and didn't get to make that team. Um, so th- that was a bit of a piss off. That was a bit of a challenge. Um, <laughs> but um yeah, so then came back and then played another division one season. Uh, they called me the uh, newcomer of the Year in the Big Sky, and then I was a uh, first team all conference. And um, for me, that's not really a normal day, but you know, i'm I'm understanding that that was pretty real. and uh, and at the end of that season, I was really hoping to play again. I was really hoping to keep playing. so and that's when I blew my knee out again for the second time in the Vancouver Grizzlies center playing with uh, the national team kind of group and uh, try to make that, that, that whole uh, 2000 team. And uh, yeah, that was a bit of a, or so that was 2001. That was 2001. That was after the Olympics. Yeah. And that was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. That was tough. So uh, Corbin, so how was it to come back from that? Well, I think, as basketball players, we need to realize that we are not just basketball players, right? There's a lot else. There's a lot of other things going on in the world, and um, we have a lot more to give to the world than just basketball. And and um, for me, that was a uh, was pretty easy to realize after my second knee injury, is that there's a bigger world out there, and uh, there's a lot more going on, and there's a lot more I can do in this world and there's a lot more i can contribute to this world so um yeah the second knee injury was a slap in the face but it was a bit of an eye opener and that um there's a lot more happening out there and and uh basketball is just one part of it
1: oh, right
2: bang
0: bang wow, wow it's poetic brother you yeah
2: <laughs> you guys are hilarious you guys are awesome.
0: <laughs> okay you, <laughs> you ready
2: Oh yeah, go for it.
0: Uh what are you spinning on the on the iTunes or the Spotify playlist? What's bumping?
2: well you know i knew that i i i did think that this was coming so yeah i'm definitely a big fan i'm a trail builder nowadays fellas and i so mountain bike trail builders and uh and okay. i'm a big fan of uh, bob marley
0: yes so like, just birthday yeah. the other day
2: yeah bob marley i'm a big fan of leonard cohen i listen to people Under the stairs i like josh ritter I like Tribe Called Quest, <laughs> I like DJ Drez, I like East Forest, Rising Appalachia, I like Trevor Hall, and I can never stop listening to Dave Matthews, believe it or not. yeah. Really? I'll give you a top 10. There you go. Do you
0: play an instrument?
2: I don't, but you know what? Uh, my wife and I, we, ho- we ho- host uh, house host concerts. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Oh, we've cool. had a whole bunch of house concerts of local musicians and musicians around
0: uh, BC. And yeah. Pretty That's cool. awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Who's been a m- the most important person or people in your life? Uh, definitely
2: my dad. Yeah. Definitely my dad, Ian McTavish, has been a big part of my life. Shout out. Yeah. Dope, yeah. Dope. Shout out to Ian. And
0: uh, yeah. Dope. You finish a day, you build some. Ramps or whatever. Maybe you go snowboarding. <laughs> and You're on your way home. And you're like, God, I'm starving. I gotta stop at the corner store in Revelstoke Stoke in the Stoke. What yeah. kind of what chips are you getting?
2: Yeah, the Kettle River salt and pepper. Yes.
0: Kettle River chips. Okay. Is it the light? Yeah. Is it like a light brown sort of bag?
2: The light brown, yeah, brown yeah. and light brown, yeah, yeah. The salt and the pepper, and you need it Cor- with, after a big, big effort out in the wilderness. Yeah,
0: Corbs. Those are almost they're almost as crunchy as the double crunch up uh, ketchup oh. that Trixie sent us. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're good. Quite,
2: they're quite. They're quite crunchy.
0: They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's the greatest player you've played against?
2: Uh, well, on the court at the same time. Is that the question? Like, it's I'm your world. The
0: we're just we're just living in it. Jim Duncan. Okay, but you didn't guard him. So then now who? Oh, else? Oh, okay. Oh, okay oh, well, wait wait wait, 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 oh, well, wait. What was court, so good I about? Think... What was so good about Tim Duncan?
2: Big fundamentals. Like, there's no reason. There's no other reason why he has that nickname. It's it's unbelievable uh, how good he is. And, He's just that yeah, good. Hey, White, White Forrest beat Utah uh, uh, in '97, and that was uh, you know the top two picks in the NBA draft. Keith Van Horn and Tim yeah. Duncan, same game. Tim Duncan was pretty damn good. Right. As, as far as I guarded, uh, yeah, that's yeah. got to be Steve Nash or Andre Miller i'm not sure which first uh because i think andre miller could probably lock up steve nash and <laughs> you know to be completely honest so one of those two guys are pretty good
0: he was that strong hey eh? man oh yeah. gosh oh gosh okay love it mm-hmm. love it mm-hmm. um but not,
2: not bad pick steve nash andre miller you
0: know not bad. yeah no no, no. Yeah, you could we're do not yeah yeah we're not talking like uh Corbin Castro and Aaron Mitchell here. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Who, who in your mind is the goat?
2: Uh, MJ for sure, no question.
0: Yeah, that's it, eh?
2: Well, I think I think so. Yeah, I think the whole game owes a lot to MJ. Yeah,
0: perfect. If you had any thoughts about ketchup on macaroni, what would they be? Ketchup, salsa, falafel,
2: cheese, yeah, all all the good stuff. Yeah really all of it yeah.
0: you're firing it all in there
2: yeah maybe some blue cheese
0: yeah ooh, just baking the crap out of it <laughs> yeah, why not i maybe. think he's just read i think he just read the script and just threw random things at us there, corpse i don't know
2: but no no i'm serious i love that stuff mitch i have something okay, to say add, add some extra homegrown garlic I also uh, part of a, yeah yeah I have a, a little community garden here in Revelstoke, and yeah and we, we like to grow some gar- garlic yeah. Mitch, nice. you have to admit something.
1: Uh, what the other day, my little sister made some mac and cheese. I decided to throw a little Heinz on there, and I got to say, not that bad, not that bad. All right. I'm sorry.
0: Okay. Anyways, this <laughs> podcast <laughs> is taking bad turns, man. I'm not sure like where this is going. Uh, Corbs Corbs before we ask him his last question do you have a question for him or are we good
1: um I think uh, go I, ahead
2: Corbs yeah hit him
1: have you last last great thing you've read or watched or you know there's a quote that's stuck with you through you maybe some of the highs and the lows throughout your life
0: a quote three, I think that Sorry. was three questions oh, uh, is there a book you read what's the last show you watched and is there a quote you have for highs or lows <laughs> Whoa.
1: Efficiency, efficiency.
0: Whoa!
2: Which, which one? Uh, let's or go with all, the last one. You choose.
1: We'll go with the, with the quote one. Uh, any quotes, you know, throughout some of the, the
2: um, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good one because I have a lot of quotes. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure which one's going to work. Um, Hit them all. What uh, you got? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, no, I ho- I like the whole the whole idea of like um, yeah you got me stumped you got me you got me I'm uh,
0: I'm out of words right now
2: I-, I wasn't really sure exactly what question I was answering Fair to be completely honest
0: um, corpse corpse hit you with a random one that's why
2: yeah what's the last book yeah. you
0: read or a good last, show you watched
2: The last book I've read or the last. Show I've watched.
0: You've been like well, you've binged. You binge with the wife. What you got? We're on Vikings right now. Vikings is in our lives. Have you watched Vikings?
2: Yeah, no, uh, no, I haven't. Rock I haven't. Lothbrook. You know, it's you guys kind of got me a little bit right now. Um, um, <laughs> can be completely honest, you got me. Um, I already got nothing. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. could edit,
1: I could edit some of that part out for you, Jordy. I think we're That's, all kind of. A couple beers. Deep you know what, right Corb?
2: If you if you don't uh, edit it out, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. Yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the strength of the pack is in the wolf, and the strength uh, of the wolf is in the pack. Yes. I love yes. that.
1: I love that. Um, yeah.
2: I like success as a peace of mind, which is a direct result of the self satisfaction of knowing that you did your best to be the best you are capable capable of becoming. Um I like action is eloquence. I like, uh, yeah. I mean the book that I'm reading right now, I don't know if it'll really resonate with too many people, but I'm, I'm more so reading about, uh, wilderness, um, skills and, and, uh, things to, uh, help your,
0: make your sure students your students don't them. die out in the wilderness. Yeah. 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 yeah Mountaineering
2: yeah. yeah. and free, freedom of the hills. Um, Freedom of the Hills. So it's essentially just giving uh, you an idea of of how students will be uh, safe in the wilderness. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Does that does that work for you guys?
1: Yeah, is that by the Mountaineers?
2: <laughs> yeah, it, no. Yep. It's it's called Freedom of the Hero- Hills.
1: Yeah, Freedom of the Hills. Mountaineering the Freedom of the Hills. Yep, it's right. Uh, it's on uh, Amazon. Yeah. Shout out.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, brother. Last okay. question.
2: Oh, that, yeah,
0: yeah. If you could do it all again, you would. What?
2: If I could do it all over again, I would. Uh, I would not be a part of the machine as much as possible. The industrialized machine of of um, of athletics. I would. Uh, I'd be. You know. So when I went to Idaho State, I was a part of uh, more organic. Uh, team-based idea and it was it was much more uh much po- more positive of, of experience as uh, in utah you know so nice the industrialized machine that is there for for winning at all costs i'm not really a part of that i'm
0: not really a fan of that love it and i know mm-hmm. that like you're going to what on whatever level you decide to like you know get involved with the, the coaching in Revelstoke stoke and doing your thing that those kids will they'll learn off that. And that's awesome to hear, man. Any last shout outs or thoughts, final thoughts before we let you go truly truly appreciate you sitting down with us tonight, brother.
2: Uh, shout out to uh, Aaron Mitchell, the original OG. And uh, thank you so much for doing this podcast. And I think it's really wonderful that you're connecting all these people and uh, stepping out there and, and, and making it, uh, British Columbia basketball be recognized and understood and, and all that. So really appreciate you, Mitch. And uh, thanks, Corbin, and
0: thanks for you guys doing this. I really appreciate it. Dude, our pleasure, 100%. Um, George, I I am looking at this as an opportunity to just keep in touch. So, again, as Outdoor Ed works for you and life and when you actually make it down to the mainland and when life clears up and we make a road trip, I might just text you and be like, we're stopping in Revelstoke, where are you? So, uh, you are, a, you know, you're a component of my life. We spent a lot of time together and had some fun memories, and I'm, you know, very thankful that you sat down with us, so... Much love, man.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you, Mitch. And thanks, Corbin. And uh, you guys, all the best for, for the future of the podcast. And we'll check that soon. You got
0: it. Let's keep it rolling. Great episode. Okay. Oh, my gosh. An OG legend. Uh, Hoops Journey. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody subscribe, like, and follow on any platform that you listen to us. We'll see you on the next episode.
1: We lost him. <laughs> yeah, so I figured.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, he gone. He gone.
1: He gone. The, the the White Sox guy. What's what is what's his name? He gone.
0: He gone. <laughs> yeah, he gone.